Hello friend and welcome back to My Growing Habit. I'd like to start off today's episode with a quote by Abraham Lincoln. He once said, the greatest fine art of the future will be the making of a comfortable living from a small piece of land. I don't know about you, but I find that highly inspiring and it really makes me feel encouraged going into this growing season. The title of this episode, Planning and Prepping, just really says it all. We'll spend a few minutes together just talking about how to think about things um, as the gardening season approaches. Um, I would like to recommend just for the planning phase on rainy, cold, yucky winter days, just take advantage of that time to sit down and think about what worked well last season with your garden program. Um, For me, one thing that worked super well was companion planting with flowers because vegetables love flowers. They attract pollinators. So definitely that is something that I will intend to do and purpose to do every gardening season is to include some sort of um, extra flowers. I mean, a lot of um, vegetables have their own flowers. Um, Squash plants have beautiful large flowers, which attract pollinators naturally. Um, And tomatoes also have flowers. I mean, so you're naturally going to have some flowers in your garden. But I find the flowers that are ornamental, like the cosmos or sunflowers, those are going to bring additional pollinators to the game. And it'll give you something really nice to cut. I actually incorporated zinnias last year as well. And that afforded me the opportunity to bless many people with small bouquets of cut flowers throughout the season um, just unexpectedly it was it was a real blessing to me um, mostly and so I like to encourage incorporating that into your gardening program this year and then of course we have to look back and think about what was not so successful what would we have done differently and so one thing that I didn't do so well on this past year was with my tomatoes I didn't Um, I didn't stick the landing, so to speak, uh, with a tomato trellising. I had some indeterminate tomatoes, and I waited too late to trellis them. And then I ended up with something that was just kind of rigged up um, and really wasn't super effective. So it really made me want to um, improve my game in that regard and really make sure that I give these heavy tomato plants something sturdy on which to grab as they grow tall. And then also just thinking about um, some new ideas. What kind of new things would you like to try? One thing that I want to try this year is I really want to harvest some bamboo. I mean, I'm not talking big box store. I want to go hunt down some bamboo. And I actually know where there is some located. Um, I really want to go just harvest that and make a like a tripod trellis and grow pole beans One thing I've found really helpful is keeping a garden journal, actually, um, over the last few years. I started keeping a garden journal in the year 2020, which was really my first um, concentrated endeavor in gardening. Everyone's garden journal is going to look a little bit different, right? Um, Some things I like to include, I like to draw it out. I'm a very visual person. So I actually like to draw the diagram of the garden with the different rows and then the spacing and all like that. And um, also in my garden journal, I like to include my goals for start dates, Um, you know, like starting my seeds. What date am I going to start those? Um, Also, I like to record the source of the seeds 
And also I like to, if I can get around to it, <laughs> I like to record the harvest volumes. You know, how many pounds of green beans did I get each week, etc. stuff like that. Another thing that could be great to record in a garden journal might be just what kind of pests you saw from year to year, um, what kind of rainfall that you had, um, what sort of um, pest control did you use and what was effective with that, right? And where did you buy those supplies? Certainly by December and January, you're probably browsing around seed catalogs, right? Um, You're probably on somebody's list and you're just automatically going to get them in the mail. Um, I would recommend uh, potentially ordering from seed catalogs versus the big box store, you know, just because you can see what more variety there is out there as, as compared to going someplace that's just local big box. Also, another thing that's really cool about looking through the seed catalogs is many of them actually will have a lot of um, growing information. Um, So just, you know, tap into that. That's really a cool thing to have there. Um, They'll have different tips about, you know, this particular variety, you know, needs to be trellised. This one doesn't or this one thrives in moist conditions, etc. More so than just a, a packet of seeds would have information. Many times I find that people are, you know, going to have more seeds than they actually need. So consider swapping seeds or plant starts with your friends so you can enjoy a bigger variety in your garden. Now, just thinking through some of my favorite seed suppliers, this is not an exhaustive list, but just my favorites. Botanical Interest is one of my favorite um, sources for seeds, and you can find them Um, Well, of course, they have an online store, but you can also find them at smaller sort of lawn and garden centers. They have beautiful artwork on their packages, um, which is, you know, that's not going to help you in the end result, right? But it is, it is an attractant. It's like pollen (laughs) for me. Uh, Anyways, Botanical interest adds so much more value because when you open the inside of their package and you turn it inside out, they have all kinds of tips inside, just beyond growing even. Like they'll have tips like the, you know, certain applications where you can use this plant. They'll have recipes, etc. So consider um, looking into those. Um, their marketing is quite lovely. They provide a lot of value. And I also feel like their price point is really good for what they provide. I do not get paid for them by them. I'm not an affiliate of theirs. I just happen to like their seeds and I do actually use them. So, um, another one that I like to recommend is Kids Seed Company. This is a small company that's based in Asheville, North Carolina, and they are family run and the kids are very active and involved, um, hence the name, Kids Seed Company. Check them out. Um, also, So True Seed. This is a very um, kind of a small outfit. They have a lot of heirloom varieties and you would do well to, to consider what they have, if you, especially if you're looking for heirlooms. Um, one year I got, <laughs> this is, I really took a chance on this. One year I was at the dollar store and they had seeds, four for a dollar. And I thought, man, Well, I'm just going to roll the dice on this one. I mean, a buck. So, you know, if they don't germinate, it's no big deal. But honestly, um, tomatoes, I can't even remember what variety they were now, but the tomatoes that I bought, and they 
<laughs> were very fruitful. They turned out very well. And then some, I think I got bachelor's button and maybe some calendula also in that mix. Um, but everything that I bought from the dollar store actually um, did thrive. So if you're on a budget and you're not real picky about exotic varieties, try out the dollar store because in the spring, a lot of times um, they'll have those little seed racks and you could pick up some pretty cheap there. Now then, if you're looking for flowers, like if you want to cut flower garden, I highly recommend going over to gardenersworkshop.com because Lisa Mason Ziegler has so many tutorials and she has a nice selection of seeds. She can really help you get started with your cut flower garden. When you're shopping for seeds, if you're on a budget or even if you're not on a budget, take a look at what you're getting inside of the envelope because I have found there is such a wide variety of the volume of seeds, the actual product that you're going to get related to price. So, you know, you might have um, a packet of seeds that are half the price, but they might have 25% of the seeds of the, you know, different brand. So just check that out. Make sure you know what you're getting and don't assume that a packet of seed is a standard volume. To get started with your seeds, um, you'll definitely want to check out your average last frost date. And you can go to almanac.com or you can go to Johnny Seeds. There's several places where you can go to find out your last average frost date. Typically what you're gonna do is you're gonna type in your zip code or the closest town um, near you and that will get you you know, your last average frost date. So once you figure out your last average frost date, then you're going to work backwards from that. It's going to tell you when to actually start your seeds indoors. So for example, in the zip code 27607, the last average frost date is April 3rd. So working back from that, if I wanted to start some tomatoes indoors, then I would go back to about February 5th through the 19th. You've got a few weeks to play with there. Um, but that would be the time frame that I would want to actually sow those tomato seeds. And then I would actually set them out and transplant them in the garden somewhere between April 10th and May 1st. One thing I've definitely found when starting seeds is to avoid the temptation to start them too early. Because what happens is if you start them way too early, then the plants are going to get too big for the containers that you sow them in. And you're going to find yourself constantly potting up, which is the process of moving them to a larger container so they don't get root bound. And if you don't, then the plant's not going to ever achieve its full potential. And then you're likely to end up with plants that are not um, that are ready to go in the ground, but the temperature is not warm enough yet. And so you find yourself in a constant pattern of just holding off, holding off, waiting for the weather to warm up. And you're just continually babysitting these plants um, because you can't get them in the ground just yet. And that actually may not sound too bad, but it's actually a lot of work. So avoid the temptation to start way too early. Um, thinking, oh, I'll just get a jump on it, um, <laughs> which is exactly what I've done, you know, in the past. So if you are starting your own plants from seed, 
don't be afraid to sew a few extra, I mean, or several extra, because, you know, you can always share with friends or your community, your neighbors, and, you know, some of them might not make it. So just go ahead and overplant because it's not really, probably not really going to cost you a whole bunch extra. I mean, most people don't use a whole pack of seeds anyway. Um, so if you have the soil, just go ahead and sow some extra. I'd like to give some more information on seed starting, but I think I'm going to make that into its own separate episode because there's a lot of details that go into that. And so I'm going to save that for another time. Now then, when the weather is nicer or if you have a garage, a place where you can work, consider getting out your tools and doing a check off on your tools. Make sure that everything's in good repair, that everything's sharp and rust free. And what I have done in the past is I have actually spray painted my handles, like my rake and my hoe and those types of items, the long handled items, just with bright orange like construction safety paint. That way, if they ever get left out in the ground, then they're highly visible. They're not going to get run over with a lawnmower. Yes, ideally, they're not going to be lying on the ground anyway. But I mean, let's face it, this is real life. Stuff can get left outside. Um, so consider painting the handles um, for high visibility. Um, you might make a tool station outside instead of hauling your stuff back into the garage or wherever you store your tools, tool shed. You know, you might make like a little covered tool station out in the middle of the garden where things are handy and you can get to them. And also, you know, if you can gather and clean your containers, that's a really um, good head start on the season as well. You might consider going ahead and purchasing your soils or baling twines, clips and such, um, because those things can sell out sometimes. And that way you'll just know ahead, you'll ha go ahead and have those on hand. Um, you don't want to get in the mood and have a chunk of time to get into some good gardening and then realize, dang, I don't have thus and such. I mean, has that ever happened to you? <laughs> I, I know it's happened to me. So let's try to avoid that. If you are a novice gardener, please check out my previous episode, Garden Grammar, and that'll help you get more familiarized with gardening terminology, because there are some terms in gardening that we just don't come across every day, and some of them are not super intuitive. So check it out. Let me also add an addendum just to say that we talked about seed starting in this episode and I want to let you know that it's okay to just buy the seed starts already at whatever nursery or box store because not everybody's going to start out with sowing their own seeds. Um, that's fine. You're uniquely qualified to know if that's, you know, an important part of your program. Or maybe you just don't have you know a lot of time or maybe it's you're just starting out learning how to do this don't feel like you have to start your own seeds the greatest fine art of the future does not have to be a burden this should be enjoyable and if you know small children and you can include them at all in any of this process i highly encourage you to do so because it's an important skill that everyone should have and kids have the unique um, they still are in that unique time frame where they experience the wonder of these types of things that as adults, sometimes we have a tendency to lose. So I highly encourage you, get those kids involved and bring them right alongside you. Let them get their hands dirty. It's important for them to be outside and also 
gardening has a way of teaching us so many life lessons that we can't um, easily grasp in other ways. And it's such an enjoyable pastime. Bring the kids right along with you. I hope we can connect again real soon so we can talk about our growing habits together.